right, we're live. We're on, my name's Tyler Dunn from Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. We're on episode 101 of Goals and Updates. Got that posted in there. <clears throat> we're on episode 101 of Goals and Updates. It's going to be pretty cool now because now we're going to be aiming for 200, right? So we went from 100, now we're going to go to 200 episodes, and we're just going to keep on stacking. The massive goal is to get to 1,000 episodes, so... That's gonna, you know, it's gonna obviously take some time. That, uh, you know, it's gonna take some time to get to that thousandth episode, but it, it'll be definitely 100% worth it in the end. So we just gotta keep on staying motivated and keep on producing content and putting it to your fingertips, right? So <clears throat> we're gonna go over. Uh, if you're new, this is how goals and updates works. Uh, goals and updates. What I do is in the beginning, I go over my personal life and I go over my personal goals and accomplishments. And this way you can see that when I go over some of these topics, you'll see that I'm actually trying to develop them in my own, my own life and that I'm not just you know, preaching or telling you uh, things that maybe you should be doing that I'm not doing, right? I try to lead by example. And so everything that I'm telling you on here, the topics, either I'm, I'm producing as a skill set of my own or I'm constantly working on getting that better. What's up, uh, Belinja? or Belin, Belina, I think that's how you say it. My bad if I butchered it, I probably butchered it, but what's up? But um, but anyways, what's up? I don't know who that person is, but what's up, Matt Mavling? I think I said that right. I'm gonna butcher people's uh, little usernames on here, I guarantee it, but anyways, so that's what I do. I, I'm gonna basically update you in the beginning of each episode what, you know, what I'm doing in my own life, goals, updates, and then from there, you know, we'll go into these two topics that I've picked out for you. So the two topics today are going to be operating at your full potential. The second one's going to be everyone is playing the game of life the same way. And then we'll go into done deal investments and then I'll wrap it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wish I could, I could, wish I could like your stuff on Instagram if you put a comment. If you're on Facebook, I can, I can like your comments, but I can't do it on Instagram, unfortunately. So, but anyways... So some of the stuff that I'm going to bring to you guys today with the updates is going to be, I know I've been updating you guys on that. Uh, every single week I do a one-on-one -on -one and they'll go through with me my productivity for this job that I'm doing. I'm almost, I think I'm like five months in. I'm almost six months. I just got an email today to see if I can um, basically register what I want my 401k plan to be. Because when you're full time, your company normally matches you how much money you put into your retirement account or a 401k account. So I got this email today where I can go on and try to set it up. I haven't done it yet. I'll inform you guys after I do that. But right now I haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet because obviously I just got off work so now I'm doing goals and updates. So I'll update you guys that in the next one, how that goes. But I did a one-on-one -on -one and I hit all my numbers for productivity for the month, which I believe it was, um, I believe it was like 138 for the whole entire month of productivity. And I obviously hit the adherence part of it, so I always do that. So that's gonna be my first time ever getting the $300 bonus. So once I get the paycheck, which I believe would be in the next, we just got paid uh, last week. So after this week, it would be next Friday I get paid. I'll let you know if I get the 300. If they don't give me 300, I'm going to HR. So, <laughs> so I'm going to HR if I don't get it. But 
I'll update you guys on that. So I'm pretty sure today was the last day of the month for July. So I definitely hit my numbers and I'll definitely get that, that first time $300 bonus. So that's something that I've been trying to achieve for a long time. I didn't think it was possible when I first started this job. And now I'm hitting number, you know, record break, probably not record breaking numbers there, but I'm hitting crazy numbers that I, you know, I'm soaring through things. And even she's my manager at on the one-on-ones is even impressed at that I'm hitting these numbers. I'm not really getting too much feedback. So everything's running smooth, which shows her that I'm capable of basically running it on my own, right? That I've been running it on my own for the past, you know, couple of months and I don't need any help. So that's a cool thing. Now, some other stuff I want to update you guys on is I went to Toastmasters yesterday and I, um, the person last week before yesterday or last Tuesday, the person came up to me, heard me talking about the podcast or goals and updates that I do. And he offered me a speaking gig where he was like, Hey, every single time we try to book these events at this, at the Broward County library. Um, I don't know which exact library it is. I just know it's somewhere in Fort Lauderdale where he works in the Broward County library in Fort Lauderdale. And he's like, Hey, we, we can book something about doing a podcast, right? You could basically do a live audience and actually bring your podcast and actually do a presentation on how to start a podcast. And I told them, you know, I talked to him yesterday and I told him that, you know, I kind of don't, you know, I want to do the speaking gig. I'm like, I'm definitely, I'm definitely doing a speaking gig, which you can book me. And I'm like, you can tell me how to do that. Cause I'm definitely going to go and try to do a public speaking at the library and do like a, you know, do actually speak in front of people. I'm sure most of the people that are going to go there are probably going to be younger kids. Uh, I, I wouldn't assume it'd be old people. It'd probably be more of like younger, the younger audience, which is actually perfect because I kind of feel like the younger audience would be a little bit more challenging than older audiences only for the fact that uh, you're kind of dealing with short tension spans with kids because you're so used to technology and everything being so fast that you're going to be up there for a, a good couple of minutes. You're going to have to try to persuade them to listen to you. So it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good um, eye opener and it's going to give me a lot of good experiences and it's going to be, it's just going to be a, a good time. But I was talking to them about it and I told them I really want to do motivational speaking. That's kind of like my thing is motivational speaking. I'm like, if you really want me to do how to start a podcast, I'll do it. But I really would rather do motivational speaking and, and do something along those lines. And he's like, all right, that's perfect. He's like, I'm going to, he's like, we could book it. I'll book it for like November where we're about to go into the next year. And that way you can kind of motivate people and it'll be like a good, a good time where you can motivate people right before we're about to go into the new year. And I was like, all right, that's perfect. And he was, and then he started pitching some more ideas and he was like, we can get, he's like, we can, we can book it for an hour and then we can get three other speakers with you and we can have one topic there's, there's going to be like a main theme topic and we'll have four speakers, including yourself, go up there. And I was like, all right, that's, that's awesome. So that means each speaker would get 20 minutes of, of showtime on there. And then they would just basically speak about the topic, but in their own way of presenting it. And I was like, that's perfect. Now, so that's an opportunity that presented itself by being in Toastmasters. And that's why I'm telling you it's really, really important even if you don't want to do public speaking like that, even if you don't want to do something, because my there's a big dream of mine that I want to be able to go in front of thousands of people on stage and sell products or sell items or services and try to make money doing that. But at the same time, I really want to do like motivational speaking where I motivate people to do what they want with their lives and 
to, to not stop because other people are telling them they can't do it or telling them that it's impossible. And that's, you know, that's why I built goals and updates, by the way, is to change the way you're thinking. So then you can go out there and accomplish what you want in life. Because the, the problem is a lot of people work out muscles in their body. A lot of people work out other, you know, skill sets, but no one works on the mind. And what ends up happening is if you don't work on your mind, you end up losing control of your thinking and, and things that are going on around you. And this show is going to expose a lot of negativity that's been around you that maybe you haven't caught. So once you become a positive into, in, individual and you change that negative mindset to a positive mindset, I'm telling you, it's, it's almost like you put on glasses for the first time and you couldn't see, everything was fuzzy, you put on those glasses and now it's crystal clear. You can see that you know a lot of people around you are very negative and they're trying to push that negativity from themselves onto you whether it's telling you about the news and how someone just got a someone just got killed down the road or someone got hit by a car or a train i went to toastmasters yesterday and they were talking about some guy got hit by the brightline train and i was and and i'm like oh that's that's not that's not new news like there's been so many people that get hit by that train and it was funny because the one person who I'm actually going to ask to be the second person um, at the motivational event that we're going to host at the Broward County Library, which I'll definitely give you details once everything is put together. Uh, it's definitely far away. It's definitely not mapped out yet. It's definitely not completely planned. So I'll update you guys. That would be another update that I'll update you guys on. And I'm going to try to get some of my friends and people to motivate me and show up to that event. So I'll definitely put it up here, and if anyone wants to stop by, they can they can stop by and listen to me speak in public and just ask me questions or talk to me. But what I'm what I'm gonna do, um, but yeah, so we're talking about goals and updates and why I started it. But the whole point is you're gonna start seeing that people are gonna push their negativity on you. And I was talking about Brightline. Sorry that I'm kind of going off track. I'm trying to get back on track, so I'm trying to figure it out. But when they told me about that bright line, the person I was going to ask, uh, Daniel, who's the president of the Toastmasters, was like, oh, he's like, that's weird. He's like, I've never heard of that before. And he's like, and I'm like, dude, it's not new, it's not new news. People, there's been like four or five of the people that have gotten hit by that bright line train. And he's like, really? And everyone's like, yeah. And, and the point that I'm trying to bring with this story is he thought it was new news because he wasn't aware of all the other incidents that happened. And the only way I knew about all the other incidents because other people told me. I do not watch the news. If I watch any type of news, it's, it's mostly um, political people that I follow and I trust the sources of getting the information because, you know, no matter what political side you fall on, the news is very misleading on information and the news is designed to throw negativity at you and not positive outcomes. It's always negative stuff. So it's almost like it's keeping you in a negative trance. And that's why like, I don't watch the news. I stay away from it. And I really highly recommend that you kind of try to stay away from it or go on a uh, no news diet because I'm telling you a lot of people watch the news and you'll have a, you'll have a big advantage if you can get away from the news because um, first of all, none of this stuff really affects you that they talk about. And second of all, it's all negative stuff. So it makes you feel terrible. It makes you feel like the world out there is a terrible, evil place. Oh, it's so cynical out there, right? Um, which it's not. It's just, it's just presented to you in a cupcake, a nice little cupcake, and then, and then they throw the cupcake in your face and you get, you get crap all over your face. That's basically what the news is. So, and, it, and a lot of it's skewed information from the news. So I'm telling you, I wouldn't watch the news if I was you. I actually did a segment on that on, on one of these uh, episodes of Goals and Updates. But anyways, 
um, so that, that was kind of like that incident, right. Where he didn't know, but I was like, dude, it, it happened like three or four other times. And everyone's like, yeah, it's happened multiple times. And then it was just funny. But the only reason I know all that stuff is because either my mom told me someone at work told me, uh, most of the time I hear from work, everyone's like, dude, you hear about this or that, right? People carry it. See, negativity carries more than positive outcomes carry. And that's the problem is negativity is so contagious and so easy to get your attention that some, if you don't have that strong mindset, that built-in positivity, you're going to fall for all that garbage, all that garbage out there, all that wrong information. And you're not going to, you're not going to be able to get ahead because everyone's going to keep holding you down. And that's the problem with society is everyone's holding each other down, but they don't realize it, which is the scariest part. So that's why I created goals and updates. Goals and updates was designed to help you get out of that negative mindset and go into a more positive mindset. So that's the speaking gig. I'll update you guys more once I get through that. Uh, there's also another gig that I kind of want to do, which uh, I have to reach out to one of my old third grade teachers, uh, which I'm probably going to do either tonight or tomorrow. And I got to reach out to her and see if I can talk to her class and catch up with her. I'd, first of all, it'd just be interesting to catch up with one of my old teachers that saw me at a very, very young age and compare me from that age to what I'm doing now and at the and then see what she's doing with her life but at the same time if i could speak to a young audience like that and you know convince them that they're the future right cuz that's i was kind of thinking about what i would talk about excuse me if i you know what i was going to talk about for the, for the next couple of uh if i if i did speak in front of people cuz i don't know the audience i don't know if she's still a third grade teacher if she's a high school teacher um, I don't think she does third grade anymore. I think she's more in the high school realm. So it's more of like teenagers that are just in the middle of, uh, you know, you know, basically like the developing stages of uh, developing their mindset and trying to figure out if they're going to go to college or not or move forward and what career path they're going to take. So it's going to be an interesting crowd to talk to because I really thought about talking about like college and, um, basically trying to do something that most people wouldn't do and like different traits that I could probably talk about or different social, you know, social structures that um, if I could go back in time and be in the place where you're at right now and kind of do like a little bit of a mind, a little mind thinker where, um, where they can like think about it. Like, Oh man, like if he went back in time and he could be in our position right now, he would do this again, or he would do that again. And like kind of things that would make them think a little bit differently and, and tell them that they're basically the future. Like, eventually your generation is going to be the next future that's going to bypass my generation. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta start thinking about your future and stop thinking about the past and, and be present, but also know that there's a future ahead of you and start planning because the average person doesn't plan for the future. And that's what gets a lot of people. So that's what I was going to talk about in uh, you know, if I had to, if, if I got the opportunity to speak in front of them, that's not set in stone either. So I got to reach out to my third grade teacher, catch up with her and see if maybe she'll let me do that. So that'd be pretty interesting too. I'll update you guys on that as well. I'm trying to think what else I'm doing right now. So certified letter I wrote down. So cert, like, all right. So if you guys know, I've been with Dundee Investments. I've been trying to get through this contract, um, which I, when I first initially did it, I thought it was going to be something different than what it was. And it ended up turning out that I signed something that wasn't great, right? So I ended up kind of, I kind of feel like I got robbed in the end of it. And it was at a point in time where I didn't have the job that I was having now. So I didn't have more money to kind of throw into it. And the money that I was making, I was, I was in the red with this contract. And I couldn't really get ahead 
And so that's what actually kind of motivated me to get up and go for a better position full time and make more money. And so I got up and got the job that I'm at right now, but it was because of this contract mostly that kind of convinced me like, Hey man, you're not making a lot of money. You need to, you need to do something because either you're going to be dragged by your, by your face into the ground with this contract or, um, with the debt that you're in right now. So I kind of made a choice, which I'm glad I did. And I'm about to clear the contract. But the, the thing that kind of bothered me was they wanted me to send in a certified letter and you know, my generation millennials don't really mail things. So everything's so electronical. Like I just, I just don't really like mailing things, even though it's, you're still in a gen, you know, I don't think the mailbox is really going anywhere. Um, only for the fact that the government uses it. So I don't think the mail system's going anywhere, but, and you're using a lot more packaging. So the mail system's definitely not going anywhere, but she wanted me to send her a real handwritten letter or a typed letter and mail it to her in order to cancel this renewal. Um, and I just, you know, I sent it the first time, didn't reach her. And she's like, you got a certified. And I didn't know what certified meant, which, you know, some people are probably laughing at me right now, but I didn't know what that stuff is. You know, I've never really filled out a, um, a letter. I've never really filled out um, like the fit. When I say letter, I mean like the physical envelope part. And that was, you know, I had to go look it up on Google, which is, you know, it's actually easier than it sounds or easier than how I'm kind of probably presenting it. But it was something that, you know, it was, it was a good learning experience for me because I have to eventually do that. Like I've had to mail things to the government for my business because they don't allow emailing. They don't allow like going to an office. You have to mail things to the, the capital. So for Florida, I had to mail things to Tallahassee. So and I think it was the Division of Agriculture or something like that, uh, or corporations, my bad. The Division of Corporations for Florida, which is, it's in Tallahassee, the capital of Florida. So I had to mail stuff there. So that's how I kind of knew about mailing. And I got a little bit of experience doing that. But it's just kind of funny because everything's so easily accessible that I just, you know, I don't, I don't mail anything. So it's just weird, right? And there's some people probably laughing, but, it, you know, it is what it is. But the point is, rewind back to seven, six months ago. And I was like freaking out. Cause I'm like, I can't pay this money back. And when I was on the phone with the, the their accounting, the accounting uh, lady that was um, working for this company, she, you know, she was working with me a lot. And I was like, you know, I don't have the money to really do this. And I'm like, I thought it was gonna, I thought it was going to be different than what actually turned out to be. And then I'm like, I'm locked into the contract or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, what's the worst that happens if I don't pay this? And she was just like, you know, then it, it kind of affects your credit. They'll put you to a collecting a collection agency. And she's like, you probably don't really want to do that. And so, you know, and I knew it was going to affect my business credit, which that's what I'm, that's what I'm really working on right now is business credit, right? And business credit is way more difficult than personal credit because a lot of people, you're playing with more risk when you're in a business than personal. So it's, it's a little bit more tricky. There's more steps to it. It's a little bit more complicated than personal credit. So, which I don't know all that, you know, I don't know everything about business credit. I'm still learning a lot about it, but at the same time, I knew it was going to be bad. I'm working on, it. I just started this company and I didn't want to go through all that trouble and pain and suffering and then procrastination and all that stuff that would come with it if I did that. So I just worked it out with her and made these payment plans and, ended up getting obviously a better job. So I got a little bit more money so I could kind of manage it a lot better. But um, that, you know, I just felt like I got really ripped on that. But at the time I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. 
Like I was freaking out. And the point that I'm telling you with this story is at that time, six or seven months ago, right? I was freaking out, but I took it, kept up and I, and I, you know, did what I had to do. And now I'm about to clear it and I'm about to clear that contract that I thought I couldn't pay off or I couldn't do. So, you know, and this is going to, this is going to play into like the first topic, which we'll get to in a minute, but about, you know, operating at your full potential and that you really underestimate. The reason I picked that topic, by the way, was because you really underestimate your potential. Uh, because you haven't gotten there yet, you haven't you haven't seen what your possibilities or capabilities are really at because you haven't really reached that level yet. And then once you accomplish, you're like, man, why did I even stress about this? I cleared it with no problem. And I'm going to go over more of that once we get to the topic. But I just wanted to let you guys know about the certified letter and everything just to, to basically, you know, show that I'm human. Like I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, you know, I probably make mistakes on this show all the time, two goals and updates. You're going to probably hear me, my language mess up. I'm going to probably curse uh, by accident. I'm, my wording, I'm probably going to say, um, when I'm kind of stuck on something or no matter what it is, you know, it's not going to be perfect because I stream these lots. So there's no editing, there's no cutting. So everything you're, you're listening to right now is completely live and, and present in the moment. So it's, you know, it's difficult when you're on the spot, you're trying to talk for an hour and you're just trying to come up with things on the spot of your head. So that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at with this certified letter. So we're going to go into the next one. The, so the co-hosting. So if you're, if you are interested in co-hosting, by the way, um, just reach out to me on personal, I'd say like my personal Facebook probably is the easiest way to do it. You can reach out to me on my personal Instagram too. Twitter. I'm not so much on Twitter, so you could still do Twitter, but it's, you know, I'll get the notification on my phone, but I really highly recommend doing like Facebook would be the first one to go for, or Instagram would be the second one. If you want to be a co-host on the show and we'll just, it's very basic. We just do like a small little interview. We, you pick the topics we talk about. And then at the very end for, you know, however many minutes you you're present or want to talk for, we just talk about whatever you want. You want to talk about sports. You want to talk about politics. You want to talk about, um, you know, any topic you want, something that, you know, one of your hobbies, video games, work, whatever you want to talk about, we'll 100% try to go in on it and just basically keep the conversation going with you and, and give you like my point of view on your point of view. So it, that's, that's really what I'm aiming for. And the reason I'm doing that, by the way, with the co-hosting is because I want to give more, first of all, I want to get more diverse, you know, diverse, diversity, sorry, I can get the word out, diversity on this show. And I want to give other people a voice because the, the show's called Goals and Updates, and I, you know, I'm mostly on the show, and I'm giving you my goals and updates, but I also want other people to be able to give you their goals and updates and give them more of a voice, and I want you to see that other people are working on themselves, even though maybe they're not at, a, at an extremely advanced level or they're at maybe a beginner's level, and I want to show that to people where everyone's human. Everyone's trying to work on something that's a, a self-improvement type of of skill set or mindset or whatever that you want to work on with yourself, whether it's, you know, your body, your weight, everyone's trying to work on something and get better at something. So that's why I want to get co-hosts, more co-hosts on this show with goals and updates to show that and give more people a, a voice to actually come on here and speak. So, so that's guest hosting, by the way, I'm going to get, we were supposed to do it Tuesday, but unfortunately, which is another thing I'm going to update you guys on is, um, Next Saturday, I'm actually going to a Toastmasters event, which I normally would work my full-time job. I'm going to have to move that to Tuesday 
and work on Tuesday. So I can't put the one person I was going to get on here for a co-host, uh, which was Steven. I'm going to have to rearrange that with him again. He was supposed to come on here last week and everything kind of fell short. He kind of had to go to work and certain things came up so he couldn't do it. And I kind of feel bad because I got to cancel on him and I, we got to move it. So I'm going to try to convince him to do it Saturday since he'll be off that Saturday. And I'm trying to think. Um, so I'm going to try to do that where I'm going to get him on a different day or we're going to have to push it for another week and do it the next following Tuesday after that one and work. Cause he, he said he works better on Tuesdays for it. So I'm going to get him on. We'll eventually get Steven on. Steven's probably gonna be the, the first, the first one on. And then I got a couple other people that I'm going to try to work with that, you know, just follow up as hard as I can and just get them on the show. <laughs> I was trying to get one person that kind of backed out that got scared. So I was, I was hoping to get that person on here and that person didn't end up kind of following through. They just kind of got scared, which I know is going to happen. A lot of people can't, you know, come on a mic and talk and speak because, you know, you get, you get scared, you get nervous. If you haven't been practicing and you're not practicing in front of people, like any other skill, it's, you're going to be, you're going to feel weak on it and you're not going to be comfortable up here speaking. So, you know, it's going to happen where people are going to, tell me they want to do it. And then once we get to the point where they're going to have to come on the show, they're going to be like, eh, I'm not really comfortable doing that. Like, I don't know. I'm having cold feet. So, you know, it's all normal. It's all part of the, you know, it's all part of this. Uh, it's all part of like, you know, podcasting in general. Like you might have a good, good co-host. You might have a bad co-host. Um, and some people might show up and some people might not show up. So it's just part of the gig. Uh, so I went over Toastmasters. I'm going to try to get some theme music for this show. Now, you're probably not going to hear it on the live streams because there's really no way for me to play it unless I put in a um, – unless I somehow get a – I'm trying to think of the, um, the equipment that would be for it, a, uh, a soundboard, right? Unless I get a soundboard and plug it into the second um, outlet on my box, and Facebook would probably be able to hear it, but Instagram wouldn't be able to hear it anyway. So – I'm probably going to use the themes for YouTube when I put them up on YouTube and when I actually put them through on uh, Podbean where then I can upload it to iTunes and all the other distribution um, platforms for podcasting. And that's when I'll probably use the, the theme music. But I'm working with a coworker right now who's going to develop one for me. And I gave him some ideas. He's going to try to give me a couple of different samples. I'm trying to think of the word. He's going to give me a couple different samples and I'm going to choose from it or I'm going to tell him like, hey, I didn't really like any of those, but I kind of like what you do with this, but I kind of want to tweak it to this. So he's going to try to do that for me and I'm going to try to follow up with him as much as possible and get him to help me out with the theme music part and then I'm just going to upload them into the podcast. So that'll be pretty interesting, getting my own theme music because every other podcast that I watch, like Joe Rogan, I just like the ending of Joe Rogan's podcast with his theme music at the end. It's just got a nice rock tune to it, but it also has like a weird funky beat where whenever you hear that, you know, it's Joe Rogan's podcast. Like no one else has that type of theme music or type of beat. And that's, and you just know, as soon as it comes on, it's Joe Rogan's podcast theme. So that's what I kind of want. I want to try to authenticate myself, authenticate, I think is the word. Um, hopefully I'm using it and saying it right, but I want to get this show to be more authentic and that's why I'm going to try to get that theme music going with uh, the one coworker who's going to try to give me the samples, which I'll update you guys on whenever that happens. So I got a lot of things I got to keep on updating you guys on with the gigs, with the theme music, with uh, co-hosting, which I'm trying to get uh, my other friend too on here. I think he'd be really good to have on here. I don't know how well he's going to speak on here, 
Um, but you know, his story is actually really motivational and I kind of really want to get him on here and he'd be, he'd actually be a really good person to put on here and inspire other individuals. Cause I'm sure there's people going through kind of what he went through. So, all right. So those are my updates. I'm going to, I'm going to go into the first topic, which is going to be operating at your full potential. So this topic, the reason I picked this is because the first time I listened to a motivational video I think it was when I ran into Grant Cardone and he was talking about, you know, your full potential. And you hear it a lot from different people about potentials and purpose and your, your potential is, uh, is obviously different than your purpose, but it kind of aligns with the purpose, meaning your purpose is what's going to carry you, but your that's what's going to help you reach the potential. Because if you have the purpose and you have the goals to back it up, you're going to eventually hit those goals and keep on progressing through your potential. Now, the potential part of it is when you're like, okay, I want to build a $5 million company, let's say, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to try to give you something where everyone can kind of relate to like, and it's kind of easy to, to visualize. Let's say I wanted to make a $5 million company and you've never created a company before, Right. And you're thinking to yourself, like five, you know, five million dollars sounds like a lot of revenue to be pouring through. And I've never created a company before. I don't know if my potential can reach that that goal or that that mindset of of that that target. And so when you tell other people, obviously they think of their potential and they're gonna they're gonna tell you you can't get to it. But you're trying to convince yourself of your potential. And when I was listening to Grant Cardone about potential. And he said, you know, if I could, you know, I've always underestimated my potential, even when I was a young kid. And he said, most people underestimate their own potential. And he's like, when I got to where I was at, I realized how small I was really playing the game because I thought my potential was up here when my, I was actually playing the 50, you know, the halfway yard line of my potential. And I wasn't really hitting the top. And so, you know, I started, I started to process this throughout, you know, the last couple of months about my own potential. And I started reflecting on myself on my past. And I started to think, you know, I went from, and, and everyone can relate to this because everyone started school, you know, you start at level one and you go all the way up and so you get to like 12, I think 12 is senior year of high school. And then obviously some people progress into college and other people don't. Most people actually end up going to college, by the way. Some people decide not to go or they drop out halfway through, but or a quarter of the way in, or maybe even 75% in. But most people actually attend college, by the way. So the point is, like, you know, you started at first grade or maybe preschool. What's up, Brian? I haven't seen you in a while, man. I gotta I gotta reach out to you. But um, so you start out, let's say at kindergarten or first grade, right? And you you know eventually you're gonna have to hit the twelfth grade, which is high school, and then you graduate. But you know you're, you're thinking to yourself in first grade, you're not even probably really thinking about high school, and then you eventually get there. Well, you hit your potential by getting to high school and graduating high school. But the point that I'm trying to show you is that you didn't really think of it, right? You didn't think of your full potential of actually graduating high school, right? So it's the same thing in your own life where you're trying to hit your maximum potential. And maybe you think you're playing up here with your potential until you actually do something that completely contradicts that you're actually playing a, a, a low ball game of your potential, right? And that's what kind of happened to me was once I listened to that speech and he was talking about, you know, most people don't even like hit their full potential, don't even really apply. They apply like 
15% of their potential or 25% of their um, potential. And I was thinking to myself, you know, like it's crazy because there's so many different things that I did where I'm just like, I didn't think I could do. And then I did them. I'm like, wow, it was so easy. I can do this like a thousand or, you know, 5,000 more times, which I'll give you an example in a minute of like 5,000 more times easy. Right. So the best way would be like the gym, right? Like the first time I went to the gym, I tried, you know, I was looking at people who are doing like 50 pound weights. Uh, they were like bench pressing, like heavy numbers. And I, I went in there and I went to bench press, I think like 25 pounds at one point. And I'm like, and I've never, you know, I've never worked out before at that point when I was going into the gym. I'm like, oh, I could, I could do 25. <laughs> right. And I couldn't do, I couldn't really do 25. Like I, maybe I could lift up, you know, maybe two, two small little reps. Right. And then I'm like, damn, like this is hard. And I had to go to like the 15s, right? And then eventually I got to 20 and then eventually I got to 25 and then so on and so on, right? So you can, and that's underestimating your potential, right? Same thing with running. Like I, I've done things with running where I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do, I can't do, uh, um, since we're talking about running, I'm going to go back to like a instant for like high school. So back in high school, we had to go and run, I believe it was, I believe it was a mile and under it might have been a mile and a half or two miles in under 15 minutes I think it was like a mile or a mile and a half and so what people would do is they would cheat it and I didn't want to cheat it I actually wanted to accomplish it so what ended up happening was there's a track but you had to go around it twice for it to count as a full mile it's only I think if you measured it it was only like half a mile around this track and so what the teacher the PE or gym teacher would do is he would clock you Everyone would line up and they'd go, they'd clock you and you'd have to run around. Now, what would happen is he would get distracted, look the other way, and people would run across and cut, you know, cut and try to basically fudge the time and then they could walk the rest of the way. But what I did was I'm like, all right, I'm going to come up with a strategy. And at first, you know, I was like, I can't, I've never run a full mile in under, you know, under 15 minutes or 12 minutes. And I'm like, I don't know if it's possible. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to come up with this strategy. And what I would do is I'd run halfway and walk about a quarter, run another halfway, and then either I could motivate myself to get through the rest of the run or I'd actually walk a little bit and then run again. But he would tell you when you crossed it, you know, your time. So you'd have an understanding of like, you know, I went around once and he'd be like, all right, you're at five minutes or six minutes to get around and, and get it, right, and, and pass. And what he would do is like, I think if you cleared it under the time, you get an A. And then once, you know, like every like 30, 30 seconds to about a minute, he would start deducting your, your grade level and he would start going down. So what ended up happening was I ended up clearing it. And I think I spared like two minutes and I got an A. And I felt really good about myself because I was like, oh, like, you know, I, I underestimated my potential. I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't think that's possible. Like this guy's crazy. And everyone cut. So, you know, I outdid the people that cut the line. And that's why I felt really good, too, because all these other people said, oh, like, you know, screw that. I can't do it. And so they contradicted themselves and they didn't end up finishing the race. They actually just cut and they actually cheated themselves out of the out of the, the A. Right. So that was something that I did. Now, I, you know, I cheated in a lot of other stuff in high school, but I didn't cheat in gym. That was, <laughs> that was probably like the only class I didn't I didn't cheat in um, in high school. Cause I wasn't, a, I wasn't a great student. So I, I definitely did a little bit of cheating in high school. All right. But anyways, 
<laughs> just being bluntly honest with you. But the point being is that I underestimated my potential in that moment, and I actually did something that I thought was impossible. And this happens to everyone. Eventually, you're going to come to a point, maybe it's at work, and I have like tons of examples at work that I could tell you where I'm like, dude, this is impossible. I can't do this. And people convinced me that I to keep going and keep going, and then I passed it, right? And I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, I've I've been really underestimating my potential, right? So the point being is that we're all underestimating the potential of what we can do, but it's up to you to realize that you're playing under that potential because the problem is most people won't admit they're playing under the potential, and 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 you're basically cheating yourself out of doing more in your life. Um, I'm at a point right now where like, I know, like I'm definitely, you know, some people see my schedule and they're like, Oh man, you're working a full-time job. You're putting in 40 hours over here. And then you're coming home and you're working on the podcast for another hour and a half. And then, you know, after the podcast, I'll probably go and, and, and try to work on my, my main business done deal investments and try to get, you know, social media posted, or I'll try to go and do something else related to that. Or I'll do some errands that I have to get done for, you know, my, my personal self or, you know, I'm constantly moving gym, right. And I'm going to the gym, trying to hang out with other people and like get, you know, meet new people and network and go to these events and listen to speakers. And you know, I, like the list is endless. Like I draw you a big list and most people be like, damn, you know, how do you get all that shit done? But I know that I'm still operating under my potential. Like I'm definitely not even at 50% of my potential, but I'm still pushing to get more done. Right. And, and that's the, that's the, that's the point that I'm trying to, to make to you is that we're all underestimating the potential of getting a, getting ahead in your life and doing more in your life. And a great example I can give you was uh, I got this assignment at work. This is when I was working at Broward College in the marketing department. I, um, they gave me this task. Now, when they hired me, a little bit of backstory, when they hired me, I didn't have any marketing experience. So I'm working with people that are getting paid like four or five times more than me. And, you know, they all have like master degrees and bachelors. And I don't even have my, my first two-year degree. I didn't have anything, no experience whatsoever. The, I, I worked an internship before that, that got me into that position. But the point being was I had no experience. I just, I just, you know, I learned about business online and motivational videos and different, you know, business people that I looked up to. And so I went in there and a lot of times it was intimidating when we go into these meetings and I'm talking to people that, you know, have way more experience than me. Uh, they seem like they're pretty well educated and my opinions were different. By the way, I was also different in the sense that, um, my political beliefs were very, very opposite from the people that I was working with there. So most of the time when I said, I want to run these people, like I want to walk. So we were on very, very different pages. I was always like, I want to run. They're like, no, we're going to walk and we're going to take our time and we're going to do this. And I'm like, no, I want to hit it. I want to get it done and move on to the next thing. So we were completely different, right? And they gave me this task one time. They were like, all right. They're like, we need someone to um, go in here and go through Adobe Acrobat. Now, I don't know if you know what Adobe Acrobat is. It's, it's a, uh, a product that Adobe has, and it's just a PDF. It's to basically use PDF. Um, I'm trying to think of how I to describe this, but it's more like a PDF file editor and you can put like links in a PDF file and you can put videos in it and basically embed things into it and change it so that you can test it also because most of the stuff online, if it's a disabled person and let's say they're colorblind or they're, they can't read and yet, and it has to, they use special machines that read to them and stuff. 
there's certain codes that you want to update that PDF. So if it's a disabled person that's going on the internet on your website, wherever you're posting that PDF, it's um, compatible. I think it's called like ADA compatible. And I don't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure it's called ADA um, compat, you know, being, you're trying to make the PDF ADA compatible. And I, I could be wrong with ADA part. It was a long time ago that I did it, but I knew nothing about PDF files. I knew nothing about Adobe Acrobat. And so I took, you know, I took it on because I knew I had to prove myself at this company because all these people have the degrees, they have the experience. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go into this place and I'm going to outwork every single person here. And I'm just going to take on things that people don't want to do. And I'm just going to put that into a resume. So when I want to actually go for a position I want, like let's say Apple and go to the marketing department, I could put these elements into that resume and build up that resume with a little, you know, little experience that I have and actually get my foot in the door and, and show them that I'm an asset to the company. So I took it on, I'm going through it. And by the way, no one knows how to do it. So I can't go to my boss. I can't go to the person next to me. I can't ask anyone questions because no one knows how to do it. I'm the only one that's actually attempted to do it. So, and I'm saving them money. They didn't want to spend money. It was like a, you know, small groups. They don't want to spend money on like throwing it somewhere else and getting it done. So I'm working on it. I'm watching tutorials online. I'm trying to figure out how to do certain things. I'm sending it to people to go check it. And they'll, they'll you know, they kept bringing it back. They're like, no, like this is wrong. You can't do this right? You have to fix this. And I'm like, well, how do I fix that? I don't know. You got to figure it out. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, damn. And I was doing it for, I think I was doing it for like three weeks or a month. And I just got so overwhelmed with it. I had so many of these files that I was trying, I had to fix. And she wanted it by you know, my boss herself wanted it at a certain deadlines. And I'm like, damn, like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. So I go in and I, and I was talking to the people there before because she had, she had a lot of meetings. She's always busy and she had a, a lot of meetings. So when she was in a meeting, I went to the, like my second co-manager and some other person that was working in that department with me. And I go, you know, I'm really, I think I can't do this. I'm going to go to, you know, my boss and, you know, I don't want to put her name on here. I don't, I don't really like putting people's names unless, you know, it's not anything that bad, but, um, so I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to go tell my boss that I, I can't do this. Like, I don't know how to do it. Maybe she should give it to someone else and that way we get it done and I'm not holding up the projects. And the person was like, Oh, don't quit. Like, I know you can do it. She's like, you figure out all this other stuff. She's like, you can definitely figure out that. And so, you know, I didn't think about it. I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, okay, she's just telling me that. Right. I'm like, she's not doing it. But I, I, I did the, I did the, the stupid uh, victimhood mentality where I'm like, Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't know what's going on. Right. So then my boss comes in, I go in there and I'm like, Hey, can I just have a couple minutes of your time? And she's like, yeah. And I go in and I explain and I'm like, Hey, I don't think I can do this. And then I explained to her basically what I just told you, where I'm like, I can't, you know, I don't know how to really do this. I don't want to push your deadline back. And I'm like, maybe we should give this to someone else. And she, she goes, she's like, you know what? She's like, the deadline's not that important. She's like, we can move the deadline, just keep working on it. And she's like, cause you're really the only one that can get it done. And she's like, we don't have anywhere to send this. And she's like, but trust me, like, I believe you can do it. She's like, you do all these other crazy things. She's like, you could definitely figure this one out. So there's two people that told me that, right? I put four up, but two people that told me to believe in myself when I didn't believe in myself that I could do it. Right. And so when my boss told me that I thought to myself for a second, I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep on going. and I'm going to keep on trying. Like, there's got to be some type of solution when there's a will, there's a way. Right. So I go back do some research, 
And I figured it out and I started passing these PDFs and I'm passing them through, passing them through, passing them through. I clear it and I clear all the PDFs that they're like, oh, this is wrong on this website and like you got to fix this. And I'm like, okay, bam, hit you back with it. And I clear it. And what I realized after I cleared the last PDF file, I was like, damn, yo, I definitely underplayed my potential. I definitely 110% underplayed my potential because the problem is, I couldn't see the other end of, you know, getting through the PDFs. Like I, my, I was just like, damn, I'm going to hit this deadline. She's, she's going to be pissed. And I'm like, I'm getting nervous. Like, I'm like, damn, like, you know, and you know, it's, it's, it's natural to get nervous at, you know, different jobs, especially high stress jobs. Cause even though this job wasn't crazy, like stressful at times. And I kind of just got stuff done because it was, it was my niche. Like I'm really good at marketing and coming up with ideas and problem solving it was still stressful at times because she demanded certain things. She was the type of person where she's like, all right, like she was a good project manager, but at times you're just stressed. Cause you're like, Oh man, she really needs this right now. And you're just, you're just hustling through. And I'm like, I don't know if she's going to prove this, but I'm just hustling through. Right. So the point being is I definitely underplayed my potential. And I realized if I was underplaying my potential there, what else am I underplaying my potential to? And I, and I started realizing that, you know, I've, I've really been half-assing a lot of shit. And like, what I mean by that is I did it my whole entire high school career. I did it through my whole entire school career. Besides, besides college, I did a couple dumb stuff in college that, you know, it took me four years instead of two years to get a, a two-year degree. But um, I didn't I actually, for the, you know, the first two years, I really pushed hard through college. But the, the high school and the middle school and everything, I, I half-assed it so bad that when I went to an English class, I really was terrible at English, but I passed it because I was good at writing essays. And then we had, obviously, we have spell check. So spell check saved me because I'm not a good speller. Um, I definitely flunked that crap uh, back in middle school and, and below. I, I, I'm not a good speller. But the point being is I half-assed a lot of stuff in middle school and high school, and that's what kind of screwed me when I got older because I'm like, Oh, I could just get around and do this. But it actually, you know, and that's something, um, that's another topic I'm going to talk about in another episode. It actually half-assing though and finding ways around school actually was a plus and a benefit, which some people are probably like, what, how could that be a benefit, yo? And you know, that's, 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 that's a, that's for a whole nother episode and a whole nother topic to talk about. But I'm definitely going to do a speech on that at Toastmasters, uh, how, you know, half-assing in high school and middle school has actually been a blessing in disguise and has actually made me uh, more of a problem solver than a problem causer. And it's going to be, it's going to be a great speech to go through, but I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely do a topic and speak about it. Um, and you know, in another episode of goals and updates, but so just think about it for a second and just think to yourself, how much stuff are you really underplaying your potential? Because I'm telling you, like, you might be thinking you're operating up here at 100%, but 99% of people are really playing at 25% of their potential. And I didn't start realizing that until I started pushing myself and, you know, starting done deal investments and um, filling out paperwork. I've never filled out paperwork and, and send it to the state. And I've, I, you know, I never did business taxes before and I got through it by myself. And I never made more than fifteen and you know fifteen thousand dollars at a job, and now I'm making like around thirty thousand plus benefits and everything else, and um, and stuff like that, right? And then there's other stuff that's going on. But the point being is, I started at the bottom like everyone else, 
And I never thought I could keep on progressing to the top with my my potential because I, you, you don't see it. Like, like I've never hit it before. I've never heard it. You know, I've never hit, I've never hit a million dollars in the piggy bank, but I know it's possible for me to make a million dollars in the piggy bank. You know what I'm saying? But it's hard for people to believe because they can't, they've never seen it or done it before. And so they don't believe their potential is that high or they can get their potential that high. Um, and that, and that's, you know, that's the big problem that a lot of us are going to face is you're going to have to, you know, man up or woman up and you're going to have to start pushing yourself to your limits. And that's the best advice I can give you is you're going to have to start pushing yourself because the funny thing is once you start pushing yourself, I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing things. You're like, wow, why was I operating at such a low potential rate? Like I could be doing so much more, getting so much done. And the more stuff you get done, that's why, you know, I talk about a lot about goals is I never started doing goals, but the goals are what gets you to your, your more, you know, your higher potential is the goals. Once you start making some goals and you start crossing those goals off in your list and you're like, all right, I want to get a hundred thousand dollars in the, in my savings account and you make it like, holy shit, man. Like I didn't, I didn't know I could do that. Right. And then you start going on to higher goals and you start progressing. And the more stuff you knock off your list and the more you hit your potential, your full potential, the happier you become. That's why a lot of people are actually very, very depressed because people set their standards so low or their potential so low that when they hit the low goals, they're not, it's not worthy of hitting that goal. And so they become really depressed and like, Oh, I'm worth nothing. I don't like, I'm not, I'm not made to do this. Like this sucks. And it's because you're not trying to aim for a higher potential to the point where when you hit that potential, you're like, damn, you know, that's, that's so energizing. Like, Oh my gosh, can't believe I did that. Right. It's the, the reward for hitting a higher potential or a higher goal is more, you know, more satisfying than hitting a low goal. Right. So that's, that's my point to you. Start you know, trying to aim for a higher potential rate and start trying to hit higher goals. And you'll, you'll start seeing what I'm saying. Like you'll start being a lot more happy. You'll be more energetic. You'll say hello to people. Like I go into my job right now and I'm just like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> like I've, I've said, like there's some guy on his phone one time I was walking through and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And he's like, looking down at his phone. He's like, okay. <laughs> and I just kept going. Um, I hit, you know, I hit this, uh, I did a phone call today. Here's a good one for you. I hit this phone call today and call the service provider. And they, the guy, you know, the guy's like, Hey, how's it going? Hung up on me on the first time I called him and he, and I got off who I was, but he probably thought I was soliciting him. I said, screw that. Yeah. I'm calling him again. Call him again. He picks up. I'm like, Hey, how's it going? This is Tyler from cross country home services. Explain the whole, you know, why I'm calling everything. And the reason I was calling him, I wanted to make sure this customer paid this invoice so then I can go ahead and reimburse this customer. So when I tell him, I'm like, hey, did this customer pay this invoice in full? Guy starts ripping me a new one, starts cursing up a storm, screaming on the phone. And I'm just, you know, I'm just there, just really calm, really calm. I'm like, yeah, I totally understand, sir. Ripping me a new one, keeps going. I'm like, yeah, I totally understand, sir. I'm like, he's like, what about the parts, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, hey, it says on my notes that the parts got canceled because no one picked up. Starts, starts, pisses him off, right? But I didn't know I was going to do that. I'm just trying to be honest with him. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the parts got canceled. And I'm like, because no one picked it up. And he's like, oh, and starts yelling. He's like, the, the homeowner should have, um, you know, received it or whatever and all this other stuff and got our own stuff. And you guys are supposed to reimburse her. And I'm just like, yeah. I was like, listen, sir, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like still ripping me a new one, right? And I'm just like, I totally understand where you're coming from, but I'm like, that's why I'm calling you. I want to make sure this customer paid this invoice 
And if he did pay the invoice, then I can go ahead and, and throw him through the reimbursement process where our company will pay him back for the reimbursement of, of the invoice. And he's like, oh. And like right after like right after I said that, he stopped. But the funny thing was, you know, I, I there's a couple other things in there where I was like kind of like, he was like, hey, you got four people call me. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, what did they call you for? Like what did they call you for? Like did they call you about if the bill was paid? And he was like, he was like, no. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, four other people called me. And I was like, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I understand you're saying four other people called you. And I'm like, I'm sure four other people did call you. But I'm like, what did they call you about? Just the parts? Or was it just the if the guy paid the invoice in full? And he was like, and then he went on to something else because he knew it was going to work, right? So the point being is like, I held my cool, spit a little fire. It was funny. The person next to me was like, damn, like I got off the phone and, and I was just like, you know, I was like, I got off the phone with the person and she's like, damn, she's like, she's like talking to the person behind me. She's like, damn, Tyler spits some fire sometimes on that phone. <laughs> spit some fire. And what she meant was like, sometimes I put my foot down and, but I, but I tell him respectfully, like, I, like when the guy's like, Oh, four other people called me and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I understand four people called you. What do they call you about? Right. So I'm kind of digging in and I'm trying to get information to try to figure out how to calm the person down and what he's actually arguing about. Because obviously I have no idea what this guy's yelling about. I don't know why this guy's pissed off. I don't know why he's mad. So I know if I stand my ground, when he's yelling and show some authority and go, Hey man, I really understand what you're saying, but why are you so mad? But obviously not saying why are you so mad, but I'm asking him questions to figure out why he's really mad. I know he's going to tell me the story of what's going on. Cause he's pissed. I can figure out what's going on. And then I can figure out how to calm him down and be like, all right, that's exactly what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to, you know, put this in that the customer paid in full and we're going to go ahead and reimburse that customer right now. And right after I said that, Bam, shut up. He's like, oh, all right, thanks. Have a good one. All right, peace. <laughs> and I get off the phone call and I, and I got what I wanted. So, and this, by the way, even though it's a little bit off topic, but this, and actually this could go with potential, by the way, because I never thought I could do phone calls. All right, I've never thought I could handle a pissed off person on the phone. And I've had a job before where I had to do this before too, by the way, at a tag, a private tag agency where we got this all the time. But I, at first, whenever you get someone where they just start screaming and cursing at you, you're like, you know, you're getting pissed, right? Like the, the little little person inside of you is like, oh, I'm going to rip him so hard, right? And you can't, you got to you kind of have to take it, digest it, stay calm. And then you have to try to figure out why the person's pissed and you got to try to hit them with logic. And, and the saying is you close, you, you follow up unreasonable, but you close with logic. And that's what I basically do with these these people that are pissed. I'm just like, yeah, I totally understand, but this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to help you. And I close them with logic. And I'm like, yeah, I can totally understand where you're coming from, but you got to look at it like this way, right? If you look at it this way, it makes more sense. And so what I'm doing, excuse me, what I'm doing is I'm closing with logic on these people. And like that, I, I telling you, I would have never have thought I could, I could handle people on a phone. Like I, and I never thought I'd be even be doing a podcast to be hundred percent honest with you. I never thought I'd be speaking like I do, but the point being is that's because I underestimated my potential. And once I started doing public speaking and I talk in front of people and I do the podcast and I take phone calls and I deal with, you know, mean ass customers, or I do whatever my potential got raised. And now, you know, now I know that I was playing at a 25% potential rate rather than, you know, 75 or maybe a hundred. I still don't think I'm at a hundred to be honest with you. I don't think, and the crazy part with potential, by the way, too, real quick, and I'll go into the next topic is, 
when you move your potential up, you never can 100% hit your full potential rate because once you move up to, to the top of your potential, you can keep on going further with your potential. So the, the, it's almost like if you're doing the cha-cha, uh, not the cha-cha, I'm sorry. The, um, can't think of it, man. I'm going to sound so stupid right now, but, uh, the limbo, right? I think it's called the limbo where you go under the pole, right? And you're like, Oh man, I, I definitely can't go under this pole. I can't go backwards and go and, and try to get under this pole. And then you end up doing it and you're like, damn, I did it. Right. And then they lower it and you're like, dude, there's no way in hell I'm going to get under that pole. And then you do it. And you're like, Oh my God, I did it. And everyone's clapping and everyone's excited. And you're like, Oh my God, I did it. And that's what I mean. The bar keeps on getting, you know, in that case it's going lower, but you're raising the bar. And every single time you hit the next level of your potential, the bar keeps on going up. So there is no set way of hitting it a hundred percent, but what you're doing is you're, you're creating more momentum to get to that potential. And then when you hit that potential, you're, you're more satisfied with yourself. That's the whole reason you're trying to get more out of your potential is you're just a happier individual. And the, the best thing I could tell you is it's a choice to be unhappy and it's a choice to be happy. And now what I mean by that is the only way you can keep on being happy is figuring yourself out and hitting those goals of your self-improvement because it's the only way you're going to do it because you could have a million dollars and you could be the poorest person. The poorest person could be more happier than the person who has a million dollars. Why? The person with a million dollars probably slowed down and is sitting at home playing video games all day. He's not really accomplishing much. He's you know, passing the time by drinking all day and the other person's working and the work gives him the potential and he's, and he's, and especially if he's working somewhere that he's satisfied where he's like, damn, I'm really doing something that makes a difference, right? I'm working for this massive corporation that's making a difference worldwide, right? So that's what I mean by that. So that's operating at your full potential. Now I'm going to go into the second topic, which is going to be everyone is playing the game of life the same way. Now this one's going to be a, a, a little, a little punch in the face because what I, what I mean by this topic and what I started to really realize once I sort of listened to motivational videos and I started to uh, go out and research, you know, why people are so broke and I started learning about money because this is where money kind of ties into a lot of it. But I started learning a lot about money and I started learning about personal finance and why do only, you know, why does 76% of Americans only, you know, don't even have $400 in a savings account? Why does, uh, you know, the wealthiest people do this? Like, why does this happen? Why, you know, why are so many people broke? And what came across was everyone's playing the game of life, right? You've ever played that game called the game of life, right? You spin the little, uh, little throttle and then you have to move pieces, the board pieces, and then you end up collecting different cards of your life and it's unfolding. You're having babies and you're having different things, right? You're playing the game of life. Well, you're always playing the game of life in reality which is the real game of life, but most people play it the exact same way as everyone else. Now, what I mean by that is most people go and get a nine to five. Most people go to college. Uh, most people end up, uh, you know, not having their future planned out and, and they're only thinking of the past and they're, they're not really in the present and they're not looking forward ahead of them to try to change their direction and, and increase um, better odds for themselves. Uh, most people don't invest their money. And if people do invest their money, they're not really investing their money in the right things. A lot of us have the wrong information on a lot of different things that were passed down by different businesses, um, which is another topic uh, for another day, which is, you know, I, I, you know, probably eventually get to it where 
I talk about the three groups that take all your money. And most of the information you have is because of those three groups. So, uh, you know, and the three groups, by the way, if, if, you, uh, if you're listening, is uh, government, banks, and Wall Street. So that's, you know, and that's a speech that I'm going to present at Toastmasters. This is like next, the next speech. Sorry, when I get really, really excited, I start to speak fast, and then I, you know, lose track of my mouth. <laughs> and I start kind of like messing up. So the, the point being is that uh, you want to operate the game of life differently than everyone else. But the point is you got to figure out what that is for you. Now, see, what makes the United States of America so amazing is that you can play a different game than the whole rest of the population of, of, of uh, the United States of America and even the whole entire world. And that's what's so crazy is because most people don't think about that. You're, you're in a system where you control your own life and you have rights, you have individual liberties, and you have different things that most people don't have. And you're able to go and, and do something different than everyone else and you can create what you want. So I'll give you some examples in my own life that I'm trying to do that would be way different than the average person. Uh, one of them is what I'm doing right now, which is a podcast. Some people... Um, now, obviously, there's a lot of successful people doing podcasts, and they're making you know successful amounts of money on it. But and I'm not I'm not you know anywhere uh, close to that yet. Um, but the point being is that I'm trying to develop different routes that will take me in different directions that I can get away from the average way people are living, uh, just working a, a regular nine to five, uh, making okay money, um, you know, playing by my own terms. And that's what I'm trying to work on, which that, and that's why I got a lot of criticism from the people around me is, uh, you know, they don't understand that. Like, why do you do the podcast if you're not making any money off it? Why do you, why do you do this if you're not, excuse me, getting anything in return? Why are you doing that? Why are you volunteering your time at church? Why are you volunteering your time here? And the reason, the reason being I'm doing all that is because I'm trying to create my own my own life in the future. So, you know, eventually once I get to, you know, probably a couple hundred episodes and I can start uh, progressing and, and move the, you know, the podcast at a faster rate and start pushing some advertising to it and, you know, probably get some, get some more viewers and get a viewer base. I can then start trying to get advertising and I can start getting, making some money where this show will basically self-produce itself, right? The show will eventually start self-producing itself in a studio, a nice studio, and generate some money. Eventually I can, you know, it'd be a side income. And then, sorry, my tooth got a little sensitive for a sec. So <laughs> sorry if I was clicking my tooth. But the point being is I'm trying to create these little side pieces where I eventually, once it gets to a certain point, I can then get away from the nine to five. I can then start working on what I want to work on and start producing things that I think are going to help people and make a difference. That's really why I'm doing the, the podcast, because if you really want to know, you know, even though I'm going to give you two things with the podcast, because obviously you can physically see me doing the podcast and it's more easier to relate on the podcast than giving you a different example. But the reason I'm doing the podcast is eventually I would really love to get away from this nine to five, start doing the podcast a little bit more, maybe even do more episodes a week. And then, you know, freeing up a little bit more time, get enough, you know, enough, enough traction to do what I really want to do at the show. And even though, you know, I'm trying to do it, to uh, make some side income eventually and produce it into, you know, something great. I'm also, I don't have to do it, right? It's a choice. And 
the real reason I created goals and updates was to be able to speak to a large amount of people and really start trying to help people figure out the mindset, like actually go out there and change the way they're thinking about things uh, negativity, like negatively into a more positive outcome or more optimistic uh, point of view. And that's what saves a lot of lives is being optimistic. It's not, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of depression out there, especially for millennials, which is my generation, millennials. And there's a lot of depression because of a lot of people aren't taught to be optimistic about life and they just expect things and things are growing at, growing at such a rapid pace that they expect everything done in a snap of a finger. And when they don't get something, they feel entitled. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not the, I used to say it, but even though I do think it's still a generation that's pretty entitled and, and whatnot, it's not just that generation, it's other individuals and other generations as well that in society in general, I just feel really entitled to things, um, especially politically speaking. But I'm, like I said, I'm not going to try to get politically into this, but I'm just trying to give you some examples. So, um, so with the podcast, that's why I developed it, right? I'm trying to be able to create something I'm actually going to be appreciated about. And as we were talking about potential, this is something to increase my potential rate, right? From operating at 25 to 75% potential rate for myself. And that's because, you know, everyone's telling me, oh, like, I actually get a lot of good feedback, believe it or not, with goals and updates. And I don't know if they're just telling me that because they're trying to be nice, uh, if they really like this show or not. I'm, I'm really, you know, I try to keep it structured. I try to really give you good quality content. And I, I really try to do my best to really give you a good point of view or uh, perspective on what I'm talking about. And most of it's easy for me because I really believe in this stuff. So um, it's not like I'm preaching to you and I'm doing the exact opposite the next, you know, the next, tomorrow or even after the show, once the you know the lights go out. But I'm actually really trying to, to actually show you there's a better way at life and to be more happy and to do what you want to do. And uh, a lot of people are very misinformed and uneducated on how to do it. So I, you know, I really want to be able to help more people. And I've always had this desire at age 18 or 17 where I'm like, you know, I was, I was made to do something great. And I think, you know, now being the person I am today, I think everyone is actually, you know, designed to do something amazing with their lives and, and to be great at the same time. It's just up to you to take that opportunity and actually jump when everyone's telling you to, to, to back up from the cliff. You got to be able to, to jump when they're telling you to stay. So um, and that would be considered playing the game at a different level than any, everyone else is, uh, you know, the 401k stuff, like I'm telling you, like the reason I'm doing it is I have plans with it, but I don't tend to stay in it if I don't have to, but you know, there might be things that force me to keep money in there and stuff, but, um, you know, and you'll probably, there's probably things that I probably said that maybe you think contradict, but there's, there's plans for different, different things that I'm going to be operating differently than the masses that they do with these, these types of objects. But the point being is that, you know, it's free money that the company will give me. So if I could put some money in there and collect money off of the, the company for, you know, every paycheck, then, you know, that's a win for me. It's extra money in there that I'm, I'm collecting. So it's kind of like a, a, why not put a little bit of money in there, collect some more money from your company and, uh, you know, try to better yourself in the future and have, have a little bit of a, of a, almost like a, almost like a safety blanket, but you're actually working, you're actually getting rewarded for working hard. So that's kind of how I viewed it. So, and you know, my, every viewpoint changes over time. Like the thing, the other thing too, is everyone operates the same because they, they keep the same mindset. So here's a good one to give you a good example of this topic. If you go and talk to everyone, 
right? A lot of people have the same, um, the same views of like society. And the reason for that, and I'm not like, I probably shouldn't say everyone, but like, I think I did say most people, most people really have the same view, like go, go work a nine to five, go get an okay job. Um, I'm going to have kids when I'm a little bit older. And like now today's society is like, I'm going to have kids when I'm not really ready. And then I'm going to get married after. And then it's kind of like things have changed over time, obviously, but um, everyone's operating the same. That's what I mean. It's almost like a trend. Like there's so many people that I, I went to high school with that, you know, I, I would say uh, I'd actually probably go pretty heavy and go seven out of the 10 people that I went to high school with probably have kids and are engaged or about to get married or are married. And, you know, I'm probably one of the few statistic people speaking that I don't have any kids. I'm not engaged and I'm not even in a relationship at this time. So the, the point being is that I'm in a completely different atmosphere, different environment than most, most of the, the millennials, or at least the millennials in my age bracket, uh, which is like, you know, I'm 23. So I'm the, maybe like 20 to like maybe like 26 or 7. So the point being is that you got to play, you got to look at what everyone's doing. So the best advice I can give you is start looking, right? Start paying attention to what everyone else is doing and start doing the opposite. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're probably going, well, why would I do the opposite if everyone's doing the same thing? It, it doesn't really make logical sense, but it's because it actually does make a logical, a logical sense. Because think about the statistics I gave you. If only 76% of Americans don't even have $400 in a savings account, which by the way, like I, I even have more money at age 23 in a savings account than 76% of Americans, which is pretty damn scary to be honest with you. And that's why when things happen and people are like, oh, like, oh shit, I don't have the money. And they throw it on the credit card and like their credit cards are maxed out. And now they're paying more money on top of the, the money they didn't have. That's why a lot of people stay in poverty. They don't know how to get out and they don't know how to keep it. And then they don't know how to manage it. So, or they don't know how to, they, they don't know how to manage and keep it. I should say they spend and then they spend and they spend and they don't know how to get out of it and how to, to smartly use it. So um, you got to start looking at what people are doing. And by the way, I'm going to actually do, I talked about this before with someone, but on my YouTube platform, once I get everything built and everything's good and I can easily film a video and just post it up there, I just got, um, I just got a board. I got a dry erase board, which I can start filming on, which would be really cool. And these topics would be great. Credits, how to, how to manage your credit, how to manage a savings account, how to manage your checking account and budget and things like that. I can write on this board and give you visual clarity and actually do some teaching lessons. And I can even do a separate playlist on uh, for goals and updates as well. Probably do like a little side thing with goals and updates and I'll put those videos up. So the point being is I, I, uh, the point being I kind of lost a little bit of my train of thought when I was going over that, but to be, you know, to be honest with you, but the point being is that you got to look at what everyone else is doing and start doing the opposite because if everyone was right, everyone would be wealthy. Everyone would have just enough. Everyone would, you know, everyone would have more than enough. The, the just enough thing is, is the complete load of shit. Uh, it, you're never going to have just enough. You're either going to have more than you need or, or not enough. So there, there is no middle with that. So uh, don't, don't kid yourself with that one. But anyways, the, the point being is, if you can go against the masses, if you can kind of figure out why people are broke, if you can kind of figure out, you know, who's controlling the game and how to, how to actually be in control of the game, that's how you'll win. And, 
you know, going back to what I was talking about with high school where, you know, I was kind of like, I kind of, I kind of figured out how to play the game without really playing. And that's the same idea with business. It's how do you get in the game to control, but then how do you kind of like figure out how to like play at large levels without really having to do much and really to play or or you have yourself play, I should say, like rather than other people playing the game for you. Um, So that's kind of what, you know, I'm trying to say. So that's kind of what I did in high school. I kind of used, I kind of used certain people that I trusted that I knew they were going to get the homework done. And then I, you know, I'd copy, Uh, I had, I had this one, um, I had a a friend that was Asian and I ended up dating her later on, but there's one class that I really hated and it was world history. And what I did was, uh, you know, I never did the homework. I played a lot of video games. This is back in my video games days because I didn't have any responsibility or anything. And what I figured out was I could go play video games and I'd meet up with her in the morning for, you know, 20, 15 minutes. It would give me just enough time to quickly um, write out all the problems on the worksheet for world history. I'd turn it in and get an A plus when everyone else was probably at home reading and trying to do it. I cheated off my one friend and I'd take it for lunch and copy it and stuff. And, you know, and then I'd put it in and I'd get the grade and I'd pass, you know, I'd pass the course or whatever. But the point being like, even though it sounds terrible, the point that I'm trying to bring to you is that even at that age, I realized that, uh, how to kind of get, get around the system. How to get around the system when everyone's playing this level, how do I get to, you know, getting around it? Now, it doesn't mean I cheat in life. It just means that I found a way to basically be able to do what I wanted. At the same time, I, I used other people to get to, to the place I needed to get. And that's, that's real life. That's real life. If you're a business, you have to figure out how to help customers. When you help customers, they get you what you need. And then if you have like third parties and other, other people that you're doing business with and partners, you have to figure out how you can help them, but also get what you need in return because you need to get something in return in order to give them something in return. So it's, it's an exchange. And that's what I was doing. I was like, you know, I'd, I'd go over and hang out with this person and I'd be like, all right, like I need your homework. I got to do this. And then, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. So I'd figure out how to give something to them and then they'd give me that in return. And then it was, you know, it's kind of funny, but I, you know, I'm going to do a speech on that, but you got to start looking at it where, and that's an example, by the way, like in high school that I, I did that, right? I, I found a way to stop playing the same level as everyone else and start trying to get around uh, the, the goalposts, basically. Like, how do I get around the goaltender and get the, get the ball on the net without having to really do much work, right? And I go home and play video games and I was happy. I didn't have to do the homework. So and that happened with other, you know, I did that in other things too. And there's other elements in, in high school that I knew that if I did certain things, I would actually graduate without having to do, pass tests. So the other one I can give you with that, since we're going on this example, is I knew that if I did the homeworks, right, and I didn't study for the, I never studied for the test. Studying for tests, I figured was, you know, it was going to cost me way too much time. And if I studied, I'd have to study all night because I definitely wasn't going to study for four or five days. I'd, I'd have to cram it in the night before. So what I would do is, you know, I'd, I'd kind of study a little bit and then I'd start playing more video games. I'd end up taking the test and I would, you know, get like a D or a C or, you know, most of the time it was like a D or like barely a C. And what I would do is like, I knew if I got the homeworks and I did all the homeworks, they would out, you know, they'd basically out equal or equal the overall average grade. So 
I would do the homeworks, you know, and some of it I did obviously cheat, like I just told you, but excuse me, but the point being is I figured out how to play the system by graduating. And some people dropped out because they didn't do that. They just didn't do anything. They didn't even try to figure out how to do it. They just said, screw it. I'm not going to do the homework. I don't want to be here. And they dropped out. Some of them went and got GEDs, which I don't like the GEDs. And I like, if you can't pass high school, um, like you definitely did not try. That's all I can tell you is you definitely did not try because I half-assed it and still passed. And, and I, I barely graduated with a 2.0, which I think is exactly what you need to graduate high school. I barely passed. And then I went to college and they, you know, they barely, you know, they probably barely, they, like one guy looked at me when I went to, to go register for college and the guy looked at me and he said, man, he's like, I really hope you do better in college because he's like, uh, you, you're not, you definitely can't do this in college or else they're not going to give you any scholarships. You're not going to get anything. Uh, they're, they're going to probably kick you out. Like you can't, you can't have a 2.0 here and, and expect to get, you know, be successful in college. And I was like, yeah, I totally understand. I'm going to change. And I'm like, I, I did, right. I actually had, I actually graduated, I think with a three, six or, uh, yeah, I, I definitely didn't get a four. I think it was like a three, six or a three, five, which is actually, you know, it's in the medium range, which is pretty good, especially coming from a kid that went to high school and barely had like a, a weighted 2.0. So, you know, so I, and, and you're looking at a, a college grad, which the only reason I say that, which I don't really believe in college too much, to be honest with you, but the reason I say that is because that was my potential. Like I went to college and I, and I knew college in a sense, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's all garbage, but for the most part you're sold on it. Um, but the reason I actually went to college really wasn't, wasn't really for the degree. I, I went for myself because at a young age, I was told I was stupid. I was dumb. I wasn't gonna be able to do anything. There's a lot of people saying I wasn't going to amount to anything. And so I thought to myself, if I could get through college and get a college degree, it would psychologically prove to myself everyone wrong, right? It would, and it would actually motivate me that I could do anything I, I put my mind to because I hated school. I, I absolutely hated school. I always thought of school as a prison. I thought it was the, the stupidest thing. didn't make any sense to me because all these successful business owners are making billions and uh, Steve Jobs didn't even, uh, he dropped out of, um, I believe it was at Harvard. He dropped out of Harvard and it, you know tripped on acid and came up, the, came up with the idea tripping on acid and with for Apple, right for the first Mac or the actual first um, what they call it back then? They didn't call them MacBooks. I don't think they called it a. Uh, I can't. I don't remember like the first uh, computer that actually came out with Steve Jobs. But he came up with the idea with Apple and the computer and, and the whole entire concept uh, tripping off of an acid trip, and dropped out of college. Now he's he's got a company, even though he's not alive anymore. But he has a company that's the first company ever to hit a trillion dollars in revenue. So that guy is no smarter than you. And there's a hundred speeches that I've seen of him that he actually tells you that. He actually says society is made to play against you. But if you can actually go against it, uh, you know, you'll start realizing that the people that make the rules, people that play by the rules and make the rules um, are no, no much smarter than yourself. Like they're really not much smarter than you. And you can actually manipulate things and change things if you're really committed enough to do it. And I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, like that's gold. So I was never really convinced on college. Like the reason I went is because everyone's telling me not to do it. And I'm like, I got to do it for myself. I got to prove to myself I can do it. I, I went to a family function one time. This is all like this all ties into, uh, you know, playing the game a little bit differently. But even though I went to college I, and it's kind of playing the game the same, but um, my uh, 
my cut, you know, I went to, I went to a family gathering and my cousin, we were talking about business and he goes, you know, I don't understand why you're still going to college. It's such a waste of time. You're, you know, I don't, I don't understand. He's like, I just, you know, he's like, I dropped out and he's like, it's a waste of time, all this stuff. And I was like, I was like, I know you're right on the time thing. Like it's, it is a waste of time depending on, you know, what route you're trying to do with it and, and how you're trying to use it. But I'm like, I understand because I, I, same time i'm like i'm not going you know and my parents run you know parents are there i'm like i'm not doing it for her i'm not doing it for him i'm not even doing it for you and i'm not doing it for my family i'm doing it for me and i said uh you know it's 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 to prove to myself that everyone told me i couldn't do it everyone said i wouldn't amount to anything and i said i uh, i wanted the degree for myself to prove to myself that psychologically that i could do anything i put my mind to and that I'm not a quitter and I didn't go this far. Cause he was talking to me to the point, he was talking to the point on my degree where, you know, I was just coming up to, I was just coming up to the, um, my fourth year and I was at the very, very end and I was taking like the last two classes and I had to put money down. I lost like a, a grand. I, I lost all this stuff towards the end. And it was a little bit, you know, I wasn't really like, really like motivated to kind of finish. But at the same time, I was like, I'm this close. I put too much money in. I put too much time in. I might as well just complete it. And I got to prove to myself I can do it. And so I did it. But at this point when he's talking to me, I was, you know, I had doubts. Like I was like, is it really worth it? Right. I'm kind of doubting myself when he was telling me this, but when he, you know, when he said that to me, I was like, I was like, Oh, like this is a test. This is a test. Like like it's, it's testing like how, how motivated am I enough to go and prove these people wrong or people that are in front of me that are telling me it's a waste of time and that I'm not going to be able to do it. And, and that's why I told him that. Cause I was like, I'm not doing it for anyone else. Cause I kind of, I kind of hit, it did hit a nerve actually. But I was like, you know, I was like, I'm doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for anyone in this room. I'm not doing it for anyone outside there in the world. I'm not doing it for, you know, like God, I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing this for me. Like I got to do this for me. And, uh, and, you know, and then he, he looked at me and he just didn't say anything after that. He didn't talk about that again. But <laughs> the, the point being is, uh, you know, I was, it was, it, that's kind of like me going against what other people are doing. Cause he was trying to convince me and I convinced him that, you know, I got to do it for myself, but, um, you know, and it's still debatable what I'm going to do, uh, you know, how I'm going to get, if I'm going to get a bachelor's or if I'm going to do something else, or that's still kind of really debatable, but. Um, I'm definitely going to do something with college and I'll explain things and like, you know, a YouTube video segment or something about college and how people are kind of playing it wrong and also their stuff. But, um, I pretty sure that, you know, those are two good examples for you. I'm going to go ahead and do Dundee investments really quick and try to wrap it up only for the fact that we're going on nine and I just want to quickly, uh, quickly wrap this up. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dundeal Investments where the deal is already done. This company is designed to help distressed sellers and put them with an investor. How this works is um, it's called the three steps to financial freedom. Uh, try to bear with me. I'm going to try to go through this one quick only for the fact that uh, I'm trying to kind of hit this at an hour and a half. So I'm going to try to go quick. But how this works is it's a uh, three-step system to financial freedom. So the first step is you have to contact Dundeal Investments. Uh, you can email us, call us, text us, go to our website and fill out a form. Go on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just write me a direct message on, our, uh, on the business 
portions of Dundeal Investments, LLC, uh, for those pages or social media pages, and just reach out to me. What's going to happen is I'm going to ask you some very, very basic questions, just what problems you're trying to solve and get out of, what um, condition your property is in, and then from there, we're going to go into step two. So step two is then we set up an appointment. I come to your house. I do a walkthrough. I you know write down any things that have to be fixed by the investors. So broken windows, mold, roof damage, anything that's a cost to the investor, I have to write down. And I'm going to take five pictures inside the house, pictures out. So a total of 10 pictures. And the reason I'm collecting all this data, pictures, and everything is because um, – if you go to a real estate agent, they're going to do an open house. Now what I'm going to do is I'm not going to do an open house. I'm going to send these to investors that I already know and have on my list. But at the same time, if I don't find anyone that wants to claim that property, I'm going to go out and start sending this to other people that I find, um, you know, through other marketing ways of finding investors and stuff. So I'm going to go in and do this electronically. So we get the deal done fast and you're not waiting months and months for someone to drive by the house and you know, come in and be like, oh, I'm so interested in buying this house, right? Because uh, that's why it takes so long because the, the way they market the house. So the point being is um, that's step two. So I ha that's part of step two. Now going into step three, step three would be that we have to negotiate on the price and we have to negotiate on the terms and then we have to sign the contract, uh, all three parties. So how I do this is I go and run what we call comps. I go and try to take three houses that are the closest to yours. I get an average price from the average price. I then deduct the investment cost for the investor. And then that's the, that's the price that we're going to negotiate on. So once we come to an agreement on that price, I put it in the contract and we go through terms. So if you got to stay in the house for another three weeks, a month, uh, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you need to comfortably be able to move, out of the house and go into another property. That's, that's what I would put in the term. So, and the reason I'm doing all this is I have to present this to the investor. So the investors on the same page. So my job is really to make sure both parties are satisfied. The deal runs smooth. Everything is, is good. Everyone agrees on everything. Everyone's caught up on the same page and the deal just runs smooth. That's really my job. So once you, you know, everyone agrees on everything, we then sign the contract, seller signs the contract, I sign it for done deal investments, and the investor will sign it for you know whoever the investor is. So at this point, what happens is the seller obviously wins, he gets the cash offer that's promised to him, we obey the terms and whatever he needs to move on to the next property, and then he can then get more resources from done deal investments. So if he needs a real estate agent, he needs home inspector, he needs financing, that's something that I'll give him through a third party. I'll, I'll find him third parties where they, they'll be able to assist him further on that. And then the investor will take ownership of the property. He'll flip it, put it on the market, make full market value for the property. Done deal investments will make a commission fee, what I call a finder's fee for putting the deal together. That And this is the cool part. Investor, I'm sorry, the seller does not pay us, the investor pays us. So he'll pay us for giving him the deal and basically putting it under contract and, and giving him an opportunity to make more money on the deal. So that's why it's pretty interesting. The whole entire, the whole entire way done deal investments LLC kind of works is we're helping the investor make money, but at the same time we're helping the seller get out of the financial conditions and we're, we're making it so that the investor is also being taken care of on, in other ways in a sense. So that's, that's where we're different from most of these wholesale real estate companies is most of them kind of just 
like, okay, we're getting out of the financial situation. Now it's up to you to go find uh, other resources and other ways to go get another property. And they kind of just get them out of the situation, but they don't really help them any way further through the process. Um, that's something that done deal investments will do differently. And that's why we're unique from other wholesale companies. Now, what I want to, um, so real quick, this works for these types of people the best. So what I mean, it, what I mean by that is these people are probably mostly going to be the, the people that we normally help out in service only for the fact that they really need the financial help. Now you can still do this resource if you just want to sell your property fast for whatever reason and just get a quick cash offer. Maybe you don't want to use a real estate agent. You know, the market's saturated. You have to pay high, high, high commission fees and Dundell Investments won't charge you any commission fees. So that's kind of cool, at least from the seller. And the, the point is that, you know, sometimes you don't want to go through a real estate agent. They just take, you know, sometimes they take too long to sell the property. And, you know, if you want to do it a quick way, that's where Dundee Investments would help you. That's one way. Now, the other way would be like a job transfer. So this is pretty simple. Job transfers are just when a person finds better opportunities somewhere else in a different state, different country, maybe even a different city in the same state, but they would have to move in order to do it. And, this is, and you have to move within the next week or the next two weeks. And you don't have time to sit on the market and wait for the real estate agent to sell it. This would be a great way where done deal investments would just sell it as is. Um, and you would get a quick sale from a guaranteed investor to buy it. And from there, you would just be able to just move and, and move into the place and, and start working your, your new opportunity or that, that new job. So that's a job transfer. Now, other ones would be pre-foreclosure. This is actually pretty common. Pre-foreclosure is just when you owe money to the bank or a mortgage and you're behind on payments. And what happens is if you don't start keeping up with your payments, the bank or whoever you owe the money to on the loan or the mortgage, they will start trying to repossess your house. And after a certain point, they actually will repossess your house. You'll lose all your money. It'll destroy your credit. And this is a good way where Dundee Investments can just basically pay off the rest of the loan and give the, you know, give the property to the investor to make money and then just get you out, save your credit, um, give you the cash so you can go buy something else and, and basically be able to uh, not have the burden of all that. Because sometimes people file for bankruptcy, they get so scared in, in those situations where they actually file for bankruptcy trying to save the property and then save their other finances and kind of save their own type of finance. But it ends, you know, it, no one wants to go in bankruptcy. It's kind of a long a long process getting out. It's not fun. Yeah. You know, it's really embarrassing. You don't want to, you know, if you can't, if there's a way to get out of that before going down that resource, uh, it would be done deal investments. It's, that'd be the best bet for you is to use done deal investments, uh, way of selling the property really fast to an investor and then just, you know, go into another property where we'd give you the cash offer for. So that's pre foreclosure. It could also work for foreclosures. Now you're probably thinking, Oh, it's foreclosure. How are you going to do it? Um, what normally happens is small banks normally have foreclosures. So if you know anyone that owns a small bank or is really high up in a, a small bank management position, Dundee Investments, what we'll do is we'll take that uh, resource from um, the, the properties of their foreclosures and we'll basically just pay for you know what the property's worth and we'll give them to the investors to basically flip. Most of the foreclosures, what normally happens is two things. One is people destroy the house. Because what ends up happening is they get mad that the bank is repossessing their home on the mortgage and they get mad and so they rip everything. They take toilets, they take the furniture, you know, they rip, they, they mess up the walls, they mess up the driveways, they, they just mess up the house so that it's not sellable for that bank 
and it's going to cost them a lot of money to flip it. So that's one way that done deal investments can help those banks out. Now, the other thing too, is if it's a small bank, what normally tends to happen is they hold on to the, the asset and they're basically losing money because no one's paying them for the property. And so they're losing money and they're sinking money into the deal and they're actually losing money on the deal. So the banks want to kind of get rid of them because they're basically just like for them, it's like a, it's a liability and they want to get rid of the liabilities from the homes. So that's another way where we can help that small, that small bank just get rid of the, you know, the, the depreciating asset on that part of that liability where we could just basically go and take it and give it to an investor and, and everyone's happy, right? They, they got paid for what the house is worth and then the investor will flip it and make a profit and obviously done deal investments will make a commission fee out of it and everyone wins on that deal. So that's one, that's one way is uh, foreclosures with like small banks or banks in general. Now, the other one would be um, if you inherited a house, which is actually not as common as you would probably think, but it does happen where a loved one passes away and they need someone to, they need, um, they inherited this house. Most of the time when the person passes away, it's an elderly person, which means they didn't really take care of the property. And so you can't, you know, you might not get what you want out of it. And you probably, it's going to be hard to sell it to a real estate agent if the house is really messy and it needs a lot of work on it. So if you went through a real estate investor like myself, we would just be able to sell it as is and just give you whatever the house is worth. And from there we would, and then you just move on, right? Cause most of the time when you inherit a house, you already have property or you already have, you're already living somewhere. So you, you know, you don't need that property. Now the other one would be the last one I can think of would be um, like divorce. Now a lot of people give me, you know, crap for talking about divorce, but divorce is, you know, I think it's still at like a 48% rate of divorce in the United States. And what normally happens is, you know, you have to split a lot of states or 50, 50 states and you have to split everything kind of 50, 50. You know, the property one is the most, um, the most difficult one I would say to get rid of in a divorce. Cause you obviously can't split the house in half. And uh, like, you know, you can't physically split the house in half, but what, I, what you can do with Dundee investments is we can go and sell, sell it really fast for, you know, for what the house is actually worth, the value of the house basically. And then uh, when you get the cash offer, you just split 50-50. Like you just split the cash in half and you give it to the other spouse and you move on. And that's one thing, one less worry that you have to divide in a 50-50 split for divorce. So, you know, that's, it's as easy as that. So that's a good way to use Dundee Investments as well. Now there's other things you can use it for as well. You know, other types of resources or issues or crises. Uh, that you could use Dundee Investments for. Those are just the main ones that I think are very common. So that's Dundee Investments. Now I would explain to you, you know, the the future things I want to do with this company, but we're a little bit over time. I'm about like an hour and 35 minutes. It's 9.14 PM and I got to go do some other stuff. So I'm going to wrap it up here. This has been episode 101 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dundee Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.